You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Tuesday, 28 February, last day for the ABSA ETFs. Tomorrow, they rebrand as Satrix ETFs. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, chatting with Kamala Mepurani, touching on the Liberty Two Degrees results. There are so many moving parts that are really good, and then a whole bunch that aren't good, and I just can't wrap my head around whether it's overall good, bad, or I suppose maybe indifferent. Uh, Quentin Rossi from Spear Reed. I want his experience of going off grid uh, for their buildings. As I understand, they've been doing it fairly aggressively. How does it work, costs involved and the like? Uh, and then Francis Marais, head of product at Morningstar Investment Management SA, impact of our grey listing, which was, of course, announced on Friday afternoon. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. This is what stage 12 load shedding would likely mean. Uh, we haven't got to stage 8 yet, and we're looking forward to st- we're looking forwards to stage 12. Business Day, motor industry alarmed by lack of spark on electric vehicle policy. NAMSA calls for urgent meeting on how SA could move forward with or without government support. Morning markets, lots of green. The U.S. saw the S&P up almost a third of a percent. NASDAQ up three quarters of a percent. Uh, Asia green, Sydney up half a percent. Tokyo up 0.4 percent. Commodities, mostly green. Gold, 1,823. Brent is the red at 82.59. Platinum, 9.42. Palladium, 1,424. Rand is 18.42. Bitcoin, 23,500. Tencent up 0.8% in Hong Kong. And top 40 looking for a 90-point green open that's just over 0.1% higher. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with Carmen Mepurani, investment analyst at uh, Sunlam Investments. Carmen, appreciate the early morning. The Liberty Two Degree results yesterday for the year end out uh, December. Of course, their, their, their flagship is, is, is Santon City. As I said in the intro there, I mean, some parts of it, they, they loan to value really good at 24.42. Uh, yeah, other parts I look at, you know, the re- retail reversions improved, but still negative 9.7 office occupancy only 80%. What's your take on it? A lot of moving parts, good, bad or difficult? So I think you've summarized it spot on that there was definitely some some big shining lights. Um, and I say this in the context of, of other property companies, you know, we know mm-hmm. the struggle that we've seen through the pandemic. Even if you just look at the share price of Liberty Two Degrees, hasn't recovered to what it was in 2019. Having said that, I think it's largely the overhang and concern around the property sector as a whole. So, as you've rightly mentioned, the rental reversions were better, but still remain negative, number one. Um, number two, we still have the overhang of an increase in load shedding, right? Mm. Um, and to see what the impact of that's going to be. As you've mentioned, if we're going to get to stage 12, um, <laughs> it's just going to be a whole different kind of world. Um, and then lastly, we also um, have seen that for them, they've had they've lost their appeal post-year end and had to provide four arrears for, for the date. So those three negatives, I think, were significant overhangs. Adding on to that concern around the, the whole macroeconomic um, climate going mm-hmm. forward for the year, uh, they did give us guidance for 2023 saying the full year, full year distribution is going to be between 0 to 8% higher. 
um, barring anything significant to any external shocks that we obviously can't predict at this point. But um, I think as a whole, uh, you know, Santon City and Eastgate Malls together add about 65% to, to total turnover for the group. Um, they've, they've said they've had exceptional trading over December. If you were in the mall, I'm sure you would have noticed it over that period as well. Um, yeah, so as you said, I, 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 I struggle to see what, um, you know, the negatives are here in terms of abiding what I've said. They seem to be doing all the right things, turnover up, as you've mentioned, 22%, foot count up 25% year on year. But um, it looks like more a wait-and-see game. So share price was up just about 1.15% at the end of yesterday. Uh, but it's it's that sector. It's the overhang, I think. Yeah, it is that overhanging. And again, what's the discounts around about 28%, yield around 9%. My, my, my classic understanding of, of, of REITs is that's a good opportunity perhaps, but a, a lot of moving parts. They also make the point that at stage four load shedding their break, even at stage six, they're actually losing money because of the diesel. Common Mapwani, investment analyst at Sunlam Investments, appreciate the early morning insights. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Standler Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at standler.com forward slash more. Standler is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now. On the money. Trading now with uh, Quentin Rossi, CEO at Spear REIT. Um, they're a Cape Town-based uh, uh, REIT, and, and, and just before I get Quentin on, they've got their pre-close presentation, 12 o'clock today. It will be on their YouTube channel. That's for uh, Financial Year 23. Quentin, appreciate the time today. I, I, I Almost certainly, as much as everyone else has, you've been sort of, I suppose, weaning yourself off Eskom to a fair degree for your, your properties that you've got down in the Western Cape. How many are you, are you taking away from? ESCOM either off-grid or perhaps onto onto diesel backup? Uh, morning, Simon, and uh, morning to your listeners. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I think the um, the load shedding has definitely um, caused us to look at life differently. Um, currently, Spear owns 30 assets in the Western Cape, mm-hmm. and I think one of, the, one of the kind of competitive advantages of our portfolio is that we only have two of our 30 assets that are currently supplied by ESCOM. The balance of our portfolio is all supplied by the city of Cape Town. So there is already a layer of insulation from a load shedding protection mechanism. Uh, but what we've done is we've taken a approach that we want to try and cover as much of us uh, of our assets in PV solar. Um, so at this point in time, if you look at a total portfolio need, we need approximately 20 to 22 megawatts of power across our business in terms of needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we currently have about 5.3 megawatt of uh, PV solar plant installed across our portfolio, and that's going to be scaling up to about 7.5 to 7.6 uh, megawatt. So unfortunately, we do still need ESCOM and the city of Capital to play a role in our lives, but we are on this journey to to, to prepare life um, far less reliant, first of all, on ESCOM and second of all, on fossil fuel generated electrical supply. Is it is it practical? Can you get that full 20 to 22 megawatts from renewable? I mean, is, is that actually a viable option? Unfortunately, I doubt it. Um, 
you know, for, for Spear and for any company or any person needing to run a feasible business, we need base load. Yeah. And the base load, unfortunately, does not necessarily get supplied by renewables. Um, uh, and the energy mix, uh, I think renewables is a component of a viable modernized energy mix. Um, but uh, unless batteries become significantly cheaper and, you know, with the move of technology, batteries do become cheaper over a period of time, um, the business case um, it's still very difficult to make to install batteries um, in conjunction with your solar. And that's also, you know, probably one of the challenges with um, with load shedding is that, you know, you can have all the best intentions in the world to cover as much of your roof space in solar. But if that solar is grid tied without a battery backup, um, you you again succumb to the um, to the darkness of load shedding when load shedding does hit and then provides very little relief. Um, but we are looking at, you know, one has to look at load shedding and battery investment and diesel generator investments over a 10, 20 year period. And one then has to see how do you allocate capital prudently and correctly, either through uh, through kind of maintaining a below 100 percent payout ratio mm -hmm. or by as kind of capital allocation of of capex um, over and above your normal kind of reinvestment into property. Um, and see what the business case looks like going forward. But one of the things that's very attractive from a Western Cape perspective is that on the city of Cape Town grid, um, there is a general undertaking from the city. We, we, we enter into curtailment agreements on our large industrial uh, assets, mm -hmm. um, and then they, all our tenants on those complexes agree to, to reduce their load which then means that they do not get load shedding, which creates business continuity. And unfortunately, okay. on an ESCOM, on an ESCOM supply, you you basically exposed to the national grid. And I mean, if you look at the city of Cape Town, the city of Cape Town requires about 2,200 megawatt of electricity. Um, the city will be bringing on by 2024 an additional 500 megawatt of own supply, which means that it will actually provide continuity between stage one and stage four for City of Cape Town customers, um, which means it will only become exposed to load shedding from Stage 5 onwards, which I think is a phenomenal achievement by the City of Cape Town. That is, because my next question was going to be, is your putting renewable on a, a competitive advantage? And of course it's different. A, a hospitality, you're 15 on orange, there's power demand pretty much 24-7, less so perhaps in, in, in some of the, 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 the industrial. But, but actually the competitive advantage is almost at city level rather than at, at, at your assets. 100%. That's absolutely true. And in the pre-close this morning or this afternoon, one thing that I'm touching on is that we always say that real estate is about location, location, mm. location. And I think now more than ever, uh, properties that are located within the city of Cape Town supply um, actually have the competitive advantage of being able to keep the lights on for longer, um, which means that when people are looking for real estate solutions, and I'm talking provincially now, they would be inclined to look at city of Cape Town because if you weigh up the loss of productivity, the additional labor cost, plus the cost of your diesel when you're on an ESCOM supplier versus a city of Cape Town supplier, even though the city of Cape Town's kilowatt hour charge is slightly higher, the business continuity is there. And one of the reasons why the city of Cape Town's kilowatt hour charge is slightly higher is because they're actually reinvesting into infrastructure, electrical mm -hmm. infrastructure, and a better renewable mix, which which kind of makes it a lot more digestible when you see a slight uptick in your cost to income ratio because you know at least that there's a reason why you know where the money's going and there's an undertaking by the city not only for the 500 megawatt 
but an additional 120 billion rand will be invested by the city of Cape Town over the next decade towards water and sewage upgrades because of the growth in semigration and the growth of the populace of Cape Town. There is pressure on all those services, but at least you know that your rates and your additional charges on consumption is actually going into not just a black hole, but actually going into infrastructure. Yeah, I take that point. You actually get something back. You don't mind paying if there's something at the end of the tunnel rather than paying where the end of the tunnel is just a, a, a black hole. We'll have it there. Quentin Rossi, CEO of Spear Reit. Uh, and as he said, that uh, pre-close presentation today, midday. Appreciate the early morning. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on The Money. Trading now with uh, Francis Murray, head of product at Morningstar Investment Management SA. Francis, appreciate the early morning time. Friday afternoon, we got the official announcement that we have been put on a grey list by the Financial Action Task Force. I suppose first question is, I mean, how bad is it? I mean, certainly, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking it, it's a list we definitely don't want to be on. The, the real implications for, for, for the broader economy? Oh, good morning, Simon, and good morning to the listeners. Yes, I agree. It's it's one of the another disappointing thing, and um, probably one of another own goals we have scored. So it's definitely not a list that we want to be on, especially if you consider the peers on the list. Having said that, um, I think it was well expected, um, at least from a market perspective. Markets obviously are looking forward looking mm-hmm. basis. Um, we saw literally action in our asset classes. Um, I do think from an econ- economic perspective, there's potential risks, um, especially the longer we stay on that list, that risk, uh, or that list uh, the, the worse the potential effects or the fallout can become. And, 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 and that, that's partly it. And I mean, yeah, I've seen lots of points around what the, the hit to GDP, etc. will be. It really is going to be how long we stay on it. And, and truthfully, I mean, we've seen some other countries get off relatively quickly, some less so. We, we improved in a lot of areas got caught in a few, mostly around, as I understand, prosecution, because a lot of our financial services are actually totally world-class. Yes, you're right. I mean, we've managed to reduce 67 areas due to around eight concerns and that we need to focus on. And I think what the task force wants to see is action and implementation. And it's actually sad if you look at all the allegations that came out last week around corruption and the subsequent mm. response to that. One would expect more implementation and action as opposed to sort of, you know, going into a corner and, and going on defensive. So I think that's what we want to see. Um, you're right. Some of the countries have been on the list, and these countries include uh, countries like Syria and, and Yemen, and those are very particular examples. They've been on the grey list since, for, for the last 10 years. And other countries like Morocco came off fairly um, quickly, as well as Botswana. So there are very good examples um, that this can happen, um, or we, we can get off a list um, quickly, but then we need to see some action from government. It's all going to depend on that. And, and, and part of the, 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 the whole process is really, it's around sort of how we, we, we manage it and what, what this is more than anything. Different from, for example, the, the credit rating, which we are currently sub-investment grade. 
countries and, and organizations can still engage with us. It's just a lot more complexity in terms of uh, 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 paperwork, in terms of FICA, in terms of proving source of funds. It, it, it adds layers of, of costs more than anything. You're right. So the task force standards doesn't actually require de-risking or avoiding doing business with parties um, in South Africa. But obviously, if you are a European institution, and, and just a reminder, Europe has their own standards. They adopted a new standard in mm. 2020, which I think in many instances is actually a bit more you know, strict than the task force standards. But they would then require um, those companies to do enhanced due diligence procedures and ultimately, it leads to higher cost and longer turnover of transactions. Now, if you're an institution in Europe and you're faced with the choice of doing business with a South African counterpart, I, w- I don't think it would be irrational to expect that some of these institutions will just avoid it completely to avoid the, co- the additional cost and, and the time. Having said that, some other institutions that would um, be willing to tolerate the risk because there might be opportunity will certainly go ahead. So I think there will be a mix of responses. Um, but, but certainly this is not good for us. We want, we want it to be as easy as possible for people to invest in our country. We desperately need it. And we want the transactions to be as easy as possible as well. And that, that's perhaps the key point. Someone looking, someone sitting in, in, in Europe, perhaps North America, and they've got options between, let's say, Kenya and, and, and South Africa. The, the grey listing is a, is a black mark against us and, and, and you know, it gives Kenya a, a slight edge in a world where we desperately want that foreign investment. You're absolutely correct. I mean, even now, if you look at Botswana, Botswana is off the list, Morocco. So, you know, it just becomes, yeah. we need to compete for capital and we desperately need it. I mean, it's well publicized that our, our president has been around the world trying to attract investors to invest yeah. in South Africa. And this is just one of them, the things against that that makes that just a bit more difficult um, in this day and age. We'll leave that there. Francis Murray, head of product at Morningstar Investment Management SA. Francis, appreciate the early morning. And that's our question today on our LinkedIn and Twitter. How bad do you think this will be for the, the, the local economy? It, 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 it's very different to, to being sub-investment grade when we got downgraded to essentially junk all those years ago. But certainly there, there's a hit. And as we say, you know, suddenly Botswana becomes more attractive. Morocco, you know, less uh, uh, paperwork. Uh, some money is going to simply flow there in Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. That's it for today. We were chatting with Cohevers yesterday around those city lodge results. It paid its first dividend since 2019, uh, occupancies at 57%. But Carl made a really good point that a lot of city lodge is around business travel. And business has discovered remote. Uh, whereas your Sun Internationals and the others, very much more around holiday travel. And uh, you can't do a remote holiday. There is absolutely no point. So I thought the City Lodge results were a little light. We asked you for your opinion. Uh, just over half were saying, yep, you're doing great. You're liking the stock. Uh, and just over half again, sorry, under half saying that you had missed it. While the rest of you say, nope, already taken profits. Have your vote. Have your say. Twitter and LinkedIn. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website, the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nabuchle, Nicole Masechla, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow, talking livestock. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.